0: Every spring, the skeptic's fancy turns to thoughts of Easter, and
1: more specifically trying to debunk the resurrection of Christ. We hear things like, Easter is based on pagan myths! right? Or wasn't the resurrection just a hoax? Yeah. We'll examine these and other Easter questions today on Creation Magazine LIVE!
0: The Bible really is true, and it's supported by science and the things we see in the world around us. Keep listening to find out how.
1: Welcome to Creation Magazine LIVE! I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Thomas Bailey. It's the time of year when Christians prepare to celebrate the most important historical event of all time, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. It's not just about a holiday, it's the reason Christianity even exists.
0: Yes, and it's also the time when skeptics try especially hard to debunk Christianity by claiming that the resurrection didn't happen. So In in December they attacked Christmas, and we dealt with those objections in the episode, "Is, Is Christmas Based on Pagan Traditions? Today we'll examine some objections to the resurrection. But let's start with why the resurrection of Christ was necessary and how it's connected to creation.
1: 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty one to 23 says, For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. So, you can see the connections, or the relationships there, between death, resurrection, Adam and Christ. At CMI we regularly point out these very clear connections between Adam's sin, our inherited sin nature, and our need for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. A historical Adam and a historical Jesus. Right, yeah. Both the crucifixion and the resurrection of
0: Christ are necessary for salvation. His death paid the legal price for sin and his resurrection secured the promise of eternal life with God for all who believe in him. Amen. Gee, if, if Jesus had just died and stayed dead, and that's what the skeptics claim, of course, there'd be no point to celebrating Easter at all. In fact, there'd be no point to the whole Christian faith, and, and we'd have no
1: hope for the future. Paul explains in 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen to 20 And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Jesus was not raised to life, how could we expect to be? Right, yeah. And some folks claim that uh,
0: the whole thing was a legend that grew over time, that Jesus was just a good teacher who died and, and that's it. Now, of course, Romans weren't in the habit of
1: crucifying people for being good teachers. <laughs> Some say Jesus never existed at all, but there's plenty of evidence even from outside the Bible that Jesus lived and was crucified, Right. and we'll get to that shortly. But we need to say that, since a robust Christian worldview begins with biblical authority, the Bible is infallible, and therefore the Bible is the most accurate record of the historical events surrounding Easter.
0: That's right, yes. And since this is the case, or if you are skeptical of that claim, we could say if the Bible is accurate, then other historical accounts will confirm what the Bible says. And since the Bible is accurate, we're not surprised to find other historical accounts from non-Christian 1st century historians like Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, Suetonius, and Flavius Josephus. So yes, Jesus of Nazareth was a real person.
1: What about the resurrection? Aren't the gospels the only books that claim Jesus rose from the dead? Mm-hmm. And skeptics claim these were written much later and the resurrection was either made up or based on legends, That's what they say. But why discount the gospel writers as historians? Is it really because their accounts don't line up with other historical facts, or is it an assumption that miraculous things can't happen, so anything supernatural must have been made up?
0: Yeah, it's uh, probably more like that. But guess what? The Gospels do stand up to scrutiny as historical documents. For example, Luke opened his Gospel account with, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you most excellent theophilus that you may have
1: certainty concerning the things you have been taught luke did research yes he did and his details are incredibly accurate sir william mitchell ramsay was an archaeologist and professor from oxford and cambridge universities who at first assumed luke was mistaken in many areas but he discovered time and again that luke was precise about the place names and the many different titles of rulers Ramsey concluded, Luke is a historian of the first rank. Not merely are his statements of fact trustworthy, this author should be placed along with the very greatest of historians.
0: Okay, and another Oxford historian, Professor A. N. Sherwin White, has pointed out that creating legends needs a time gap of
1: more than two generations. Mm. Luke also wrote the book of Acts, but he doesn't mention Peter, Paul, and James, the brother of Jesus, being martyred between AD 61 and 65. So Acts must have been written before that. Before that, yeah.
0: He also doesn't refer to the very significant event of the destruction of the Jerusalem temple in right. AD 70, and neither does Matthew or Mark. But all three tell about
1: Jesus' prediction that the temple would be destroyed. Hmm. Seems weird they wouldn't mention prophecy that had been fulfilled yeah. by the time they wrote unless of course it hadn't yet. Right. Yes. Now this indicates those gospels were written before AD 70 and also affirms Jesus divinity. Yes. Of course nothing affirms his divinity better than the resurrection itself. Which is why skeptics want to refute it. Sure. Yeah. Matthew and Mark
0: uh, could have been written as early as the late 40s or early 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, not
1: the nineteen fifties. Okay, the actual fifties, first century, not twentieth. And the gospels aren't the only written accounts of the resurrection. Paul mentions it in First Thessalonians around A.D. fifty, and in First Corinthians around A.D. fifty-five. In First Corinthians fifteen three to eight, he writes, "For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures."
0: and there would have been plenty of people around who could have either confirmed or refuted it at that right. point. Some scholars believe this, this creed began circulating among believers no more than five years after
1: Jesus' death. Oh, wow! News of the risen Christ was widely circulated and believed in far too short of a time for it to be just a legend. Right. But even so, what if it didn't actually happen? Where's the body? So, what if the
0: apostles stole Jesus' body to make it look like Jesus rose from the dead? Matthew 28 11-15 reads, While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. When they were assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day."
1: Clearly, this story was made up. But what if the disciples had wanted to steal the body? Uh, Well, They would have had to get past quite a number of Roman soldiers who were certainly not sleeping, since that's punishable (laughs) by death. They'd have to move the stone, unwrap the body, and neatly fold up the face cloth. Who would think of that? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Then they'd have to carry the body away and hide it, all without being noticed. Finally, they'd have had to spend years telling a story they all knew to be false. Think about that. What motivation would they have had to keep such a secret?
0: Yes, Chuck Colson was one of the conspirators in the Watergate scandal. Remember that back in the in the early seventies that uh, that led to the resignation of President Nixon. That's the nineteen seventies. The nineteen seventies. Yes, yes. Uh, Colson later became a Christian and explained how he came to realize that the resurrection of Christ was true. He said. I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because twelve men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and then they proclaimed that truth for over forty years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled twelve of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep a alive for three weeks. You're telling me twelve apostles could keep a for forty years? Absolutely impossible. Colson concludes. No kidding. Yeah.
1: Not only that, but if I was going to make up a religion, I don't think I'd include things like Peter's denial or the disciples all running away. Right. Yeah. And why use women as the first witnesses to the resurrection at a time when a woman's testimony was considered nearly worthless?
0: And some of the biggest evidence for the resurrection is the change in the apostles. Right. So. They all ran away when Jesus was arrested, but then boldly proclaimed his resurrection just a few weeks later. Also, the first believers were all Jewish, but they started observing Sunday as their principal day of worship rather than the Sabbath, which is Saturday. The Lord's Supper took on a greater importance than Passover for them, and baptism took on new meaning. There's no logical reason for them to do any of those things unless
1: they actually saw the risen Christ. But what if Jesus conned everyone? The swoon theory suggests that Jesus didn't die. He just swooned and revived later in the tomb. Yep. You know, of all the attempts to explain away the resurrection, this one is the most ridiculous. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's think about this. By the time of Jesus, the Romans had performed about 30,000 crucifixions. Uh Roman soldiers were very good at making sure someone was dead before taking them off the cross. Now imagine your job is to make sure a man dies and you let one slip. At best, you'd be looking for another job, right? At
1: best. Now, one technique to speed up death was to break the legs, but they didn't bother with Jesus because he was already dead. Yes. John 19, 33 and 34 reads, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Serum had separated from clotted blood, giving medical evidence that Jesus had already died.
0: Yes. Now fast forward three days, imagine waking up inside a dark tomb after having been severely beaten and whipped and then crucified (laughs) to the point where the Roman soldiers and your friends who wrapped you up in in layers of cloth with sticky resin between each layer, about 75 pounds worth, mistook you for dead. (laughs) And you wake up and think, Here's my chance to fool everyone.
1: (laughs) But but you'd have to somehow remove all of those linens and spices. Right. And then, for some reason, take the time to carefully fold the face cloth and set it aside, still (laughs) in the dark. Okay. And then you need to find the entrance, move the stone away, overpower the Roman guards, or if they were sleeping, you'd have to sneak by them, hoping that moving the stone wasn't too loud. Yeah, and then you appear to your followers claiming that you rose from the dead. (laughs) Right. Now, and Jesus would have had to do all of this on the fly, because he wouldn't have been able to plan any of it ahead of time,
0: Right, just like he
1: couldn't plan where he would be born or to whom. But Jesus did accurately predict both his crucifixion and resurrection, including the timing, because he's not a con man, he's the Son of God.
0: Yes, and an even weirder theory is that uh, those who claim to have seen the resurrected Christ merely hallucinated. Now. You have to believe here that many people had the same hallucination in different places at different times, in groups of sometimes more than 500, and some had a similar hallucination more than once. Right. (laughs) Hallucinations don't
1: work that way. If you really think about the alternate explanations, they get less and less plausible. They do, yeah. But what if the resurrection account was based on pagan mythology?
0: There have been claims that other pre Christian cultures had stories about saviors born of a virgin on December 25th that were crucified and rose in a few days. But the truth is, in the original legends, the saviors were neither crucified
1: nor resurrected. Those like Osiris weren't even resurrected at all. Instead, he became lord of the underworld. Also, death, rebirth, death cycles in paganism are very different from the once and for all resurrection of Jesus.
0: Yeah, and the alleged virgin birth parallels were actually stories about gods impregnating women who were therefore not virgins by definition, (laughs) unlike Mary, who was overshadowed
1: by the Holy Spirit. Some of the alleged pagan source material for the life of Christ came along after Christianity. So the copycatting was more likely the other way around.
0: Right, yeah. And then there's the word Easter itself. We could have a look at that. Alexander Hislop claimed that it was derived from the Babylonian goddess Astarte, the equivalent of the Assyrian goddess Ishtar. He wrote, Easter is nothing else than Astarte, one of the titles of Beltis, the queen of heaven, whose name, as pronounced by the people of Nineveh, was evidently identical with that now in common use in this country. The worship of Bel and Astarte was very early
1: introduced into Britain along with the Druids," he says. Mm, Now let's back up a little bit. Okay. Easter is connected to Passover. Jesus and the disciples were celebrating Passover at the Last Supper. Passover was a memorial of the exodus of the Hebrews from Egypt. The final plague was the slaying of the firstborn in every family. Now to avoid the angel of death killing your firstborn, The instructions were to sacrifice a lamb and spread its blood on the doorpost of your house. Right. And where the angel of death saw that, he passed by. Hence Passover. Right.
0: Now, what that communicated was that protection from the judgment of God requires the death of an innocent substitute. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus gave new meaning to the bread and wine. And this was really the first communion. The Last Supper was the last legitimate Passover because. Within the next 24 hours, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, would be slain once and for all.
1: There's no point to sacrificing animals anymore. Now here's the connection to Easter. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesach. When the Old Testament was translated into Greek, this word became the Greek Pasha. In some English Bibles, this is translated Easter and at other times Passover. Same word. It's
0: the same word. Yeah. The the word Easter is actually Anglo-Saxon, and it too was commonly used for both Passover and Easter. J.R. Clark Hall's book, A
1: Concise Anglo-Saxon Dictionary, includes several related terms including these. Anglo-Saxon is a Germanic language, so of course there's a similarity to Oster or Ostern in German. Now, Here are some examples of how Martin Luther used the term when he translated the Bible into German. Again, notice the connection between Passover and Easter. In Luke 22, 1, Ostern is used for Passover. In verse 7, Passover lamb is oster lamb, and in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ is called the Passover lamb or oster lamb again. Okay,
0: so no Babylonian goddesses? No.
1: No. The similarity in words is coincidental. Just like the German word gift for poison doesn't mean you should give cyanide as a present. (laughs) No. In this case, the words sound identical, but they have absolutely nothing to do with each other.
0: Okay. Now,
1: what about the Easter Bunny? I mean, isn't
0: that based on pagan traditions like the Christmas tree? Now, again, refer to our Is Christmas Pagan episode to see that Christmas tree is actually a Christian tradition, not pagan. But it's
1: the same with the Easter Bunny, or it was more likely a hare. Because of their high fertility rate, Ancient writers like Pliny the Elder and Plutarch thought that these animals could reproduce without fertilization. So Christians borrowed it as a symbol of the Virgin Mary.
0: Okay, now Easter eggs come from an early Christian tradition in Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. Christians observing Lent would abstain from eating eggs for a few weeks, mm-hmm. but chickens kept delaying. Uh, mm-hmm. So the eggs were hard boiled and then dyed red to symbolize the blood of Christ, and later on other colors were used. And for some Christians, cracking open the eggs symbolized the opening of Jesus' tomb. Now, candy and chocolate eggs came a little bit later, and it's harder to recognize the symbolic nature of those, uh, but they taste better. They sure do. Yeah.
1: Now, would it even matter if any of this came from pagan traditions? Well, no one cares if they wear Nike shoes and drive a Mazda to see a movie from Orion Pictures on a Saturday. All of those words are derived from the names of pagan gods. Right. Yeah. But we don't think we're worshiping them when we do those things. Just because a certain word has its roots in paganism doesn't mean it still carries the same meaning. That's called the genetic fallacy. Yeah. But there are other questions. For example, was the resurrection physical or only spiritual? We sometimes hear this in reference to the age of the earth.
0: Yes, yeah. If the earth is billions of years old and the fossil record millions of years old, Then the animals, now fossilized, were buried before Adam, meaning death happened before sin, but biblically we know that God originally created the world very good, and it was after Adam sinned when God put a
1: curse on all creation, so everything now dies. Adding millions of years to the Bible results in death before sin, which undermines the Gospel. Yes. To get around this, some Christians suggest that, yes, physical death had been around for millions of years, But Adam's sin only resulted in spiritual death. Spiritual death. Yeah. Well,
0: Hebrews nine twenty two says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. So that obviously, obviously that's referring to physical death. The shedding of blood. It's linked to sin.
1: Consider the centuries of animal sacrifices in the temple.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the very first kind of animal sacrifice, maybe foreshadowing something to come, happened as soon as sin entered the world. When God must have killed. At least one or or more animals to provide coverings for Adam and Eve's shame.
1: That's physical death as a result of sin. Most importantly, Jesus died a physical death to save us from spiritual death. Right. Yeah. Adam was a real person whose sin
0: brought physical and spiritual death on us all, and the only way we could be saved uh, was from both was for Jesus, the sinless God-Man, to die physically and be resurrected physically. Both sin and death had to be conquered.
1: And they were. And they were. Consider Jesus' resurrection body. In Luke 24, Jesus appeared suddenly in a room with his disciples, and he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he looked took it and ate before them.
0: Yeah, it was a physical body, right? Mm-hmm. Yet able to appear and disappear. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> and believers' future bodies will be similar to his as described in 1 Corinthians 15. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven." So
1: we'll still be able to eat. Not fish, though. I don't want fish. Chocolate eggs would be better. <laughs> yes, yeah, chocolate eggs, right on. Now finally, what day
0: did Jesus die? That, that's a question that comes up. In Matthew 12:40, Jesus himself says, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, because of this, some say Jesus must have been crucified on maybe Wednesday or Thursday since Friday afternoon to Sunday morning
1: is not three 24-hour days. Skeptics call this a contradiction. Yes. But by Jewish reckoning, a part day was counted as a whole day. 1 Samuel 30, 12 says, He had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and nights. And in verse 13, this is equated with three days ago. So, X days and X nights need not always mean X 24-hour periods.
0: Right, yeah, the word day has a range of meanings. Obviously, earth rotation day is one of the meanings for the word day, and we see that used in Genesis 1 where the creation days are rendered with a number and the phrase evening and morning. In that context, the days are clearly earth rotation days of about 24 hours
1: by, by our clocks. Absolutely. In the Gospels, various phrases are used to refer to the period that Jesus was in the tomb. Jesus himself uses these phrases, and they all refer to the same length of time.
0: Yeah, in Matthew 27, 63 and 64, the chief priests and Pharisees said to Pilate, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people
1: he has risen from the dead. Right. They understood that after three days, meant they only needed to secure the tomb until the third day. Right. Yeah,
0: they're interchangeable,
1: basically. Yeah. So, a
0: simple explanation is that Jesus was buried late on the Friday, just before sunset. The last little bit of daylight was the first day, uh, Friday sunset to Saturday sunset was the second day, and Jesus had risen by early on the Sunday morning, and that's mm-hmm. that, there's your day three.
1: Right. right. Once again, the evidence confirms the Bible's accuracy. Mm-hmm. It fits within a Christian worldview.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's so much the, the the Christian worldview as it turns out is the only worldview that properly explains the data in the world around us. Now we've been talking about Easter today, a little different yep. topic perhaps than we normally do with evidence for creation, but there are certainly links to create from Easter to creation.
1: Absolutely. Historical Adam, historical Jesus. Yes. Now, we'll see you next week and remember Christianity is an evidence-based faith and science supports scripture.
0: Today's episode was originally formatted for broadcast TV and is available online at the links in the podcast show notes. Both are produced by Creation Ministries International, publishers of Creation Magazine. For more information for the accuracy of the Bible, visit creation.com. You can also donate to the ministry at creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.